guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. You know, when I was asked to write my first personal finance book more than 20 years ago, choosing the topic, that was easy. It's in the title, Life or Debt. By the time I'd been, at the time I'd been a nationally syndicated money reporter for about 10 years, and I'd seen firsthand the number of lives destroyed by debt. To this day, it seems like nearly everyone has a debt story to tell. You get in over your head, you get the threatening calls, and then that's followed by months and years of digging out. As far as I'm concerned, debt in this country is a national disgrace. I'm not so much mad at the folks roped in by debt, although it is true that people should accept responsibility for not being responsible. What gets me riled up is the way credit is peddled in this country. The credit industry sells it like it's crack cocaine. When I was in college, nobody was handing out credit cards or car loans to unemployed students. These days, if you can fog a mirror, you can get credit. You're encouraged to borrow, to buy clothes, to buy cars, vacations, anything and everything. This is insanity. Here's my philosophy. There are two ways you can achieve financial freedom. The first is to make more money than you can ever spend. Tough to do. The second is not to owe anybody anything. Not quite as good as option one, but it is possible for anyone to accomplish. That's what this week's Money Podcast is about. We're going to talk about the fastest ways to destroy your debts forever. If one of your goals this year was to end the year paying less interest than you did when the year started, you're about to get a bunch of great information and hopefully great motivation. As usual, my guest host is financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hello, Stacy. Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Like a novel, take away our financial freedom. <laughs> did, was did that I, Mel Gibson? Didn't he say that in that movie? Uh, yes, he did. Financial of? freedom is exactly yeah, what he, he said. said. Financial freedom, I'm pretty sure. Let's get the ball rolling, but first, a quick disclaimer. Should we discuss specific investments in this show, don't take them as recommendations because they're not. Before you invest in anything, you got to do your own research, got to make your own decisions. Okay, let's get back to the topic at hand. Now, it's it's about, uh, what is today, January the 19th. Now, this was supposed to be a catch-up for people who, who resolved one of their resolutions this year was to pay down debt. Now, a lot of people, when they start a resolution, they, you know, they lag after a couple of weeks. So we thought at the toward the end of January would be a good time to get people riled up again and get them remotivated to accomplish their pay off debt resolution. But the truth is, you can use these these techniques anytime during the year and anytime it happens to you. Now, I happen to know because I know both of my co-hosts here that they both had debt issues in the past, which makes them uh, like everybody else on the planet, practically. So you guys probably have you've, you've actually done this dug out of debt. I've written a book about it. And of course, I've had debt and paid it off, too. But I, I've really never been in debt trouble. But so you guys have both accomplished this. You've gotten in some some sort of debt discomfort, we'll call it, and then paid off debt. So you guys know exactly how this process works. What was what was your experience? If you don't mind sharing a little bit of it, Miranda and or Aaron, what was your experience and how did it feel to get out or get in and then get out? Okay. I mean, I guess for me, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, you, you kind of get in and it, um, you know, when I first started getting into debt, a lot of it had to do with, um, okay, I'm in school and I just got married and now I'm pregnant and we have, we have no income because we're in school and we just got married and now I'm pregnant. And, and you just kind of like it, it, a lot of the time, it really does feel like your only option to do things like buy groceries and, and make sure you have money to pay the rent. And it just kind of adds up and you, you kind of end up in this, for, for most people, you just kind of end up in this position because 
um, like, what else are you going to do? Right. Um, you got your backs against the wall. Yeah. And so, so you're like, okay, well, the credit card offers me a way to get the groceries I need this week. Um, it offers me a way to pay for the car repairs that I need so I can get to school. Um, or work or whatever it is. And so, yeah, but then after a while, you do, you start to feel like, oh my gosh, well, now I have to make all of these credit card payments. Um, because at first it feels like, okay, this is a solution. Um, I've got some breathing room. It's okay. But then you have to make all these credit card payments and all of this stuff starts happening. And, um, and then pretty soon you don't have money for the other things because you got to make money for the credit card payments. And then it starts to feel like a, a treadmill. And so, um, so yeah, so then getting out of that and just, um, and, and really for me, it, what it came down to was, oh, I have money now. That's nice. Um, it literally was more about increasing my income and less about cutting stuff out um, because at some point you can't cut anymore. And so being able to increase my income, being able to start my freelance writing business, all of that kind of stuff, uh, you, you feel really good because now you have that breathing room. Now you can start paying down that debt. And um, now you don't have to use the credit card to take care of stuff. So, um, so yeah, so it's just kind of like this roller coaster, really. What, what did it feel like to be in over your head? Um, it just, it felt, well, it felt like you were right over your head. I mean, just <laughs> like really I mean, stressful. Yeah. So it is really stressful because, you know, you're, you're starting to fill in over your head. You're trying to figure out how to make it all work. And, um, and, and it's, it really becomes this game of like, move the money around. And back in the day, like checks were still like a thing and you could float them. And so if you knew you didn't have money in the bank immediately, you could still go to the store and write a check. And it would take, you know, three to five days for for it to even hit your bank account. And so you would have this time to figure out, okay, can I get some money in there before the check clears? And, um, and yeah, it was just, it was, it was very stressful. Um, because, you know, uh, you're, you're, you are, you're trying to make it work, you're trying to make it juggle, and you're trying to make sure that you can eat as well. Now, let me, okay, Aaron, do me a favor, do me a really, really condensed version of your, what happened with you. All right, so very simply, I, I think uh, mine started when I was young, so right in the 20s. So I'm, you get your uh, degree, and I'm already a professional, so I'm already working in, in news as a journalist. So you're already thinking, all right, I'm, I'm going to make money, and I'm always going to make good money throughout the future. And I was very impatient. I, I couldn't wait to, like, get things. I needed it now. I couldn't. I couldn't wait. So I bought things I couldn't afford. Put them on the credit card, and then that starts the cycle. You know. So now you're buying this. You're buying that. You you want a car. You want this little device or whatever it is you want. Then you're. Then the next step step is you're getting another credit card with another interest, or you're pushing that one bill over onto another credit card just so you can buy more stuff. And I get, I got out of control, but the mindset in the background was, oh, well, I have, I have a career. I'll always, someday I'll make more money and pay all this stuff off. Never thinking about all the interest that you're accumulating and, and all that money that you're just wasting away. Um, and it wasn't until I started working with Money Talks News and, and married my accountant wife here where it started putting it into my head. Uh, hey, you know, have a little more patience. You don't need this junk. You know, you just, just wait and, and, uh, and, and everything will be fine. And, and it was just a, it was a shopping issue that I had. It was like, it's like going out and, and gambling, you know, it's, you just get into these, these things you can't get out of. 
And, and I, I, think my I think you guys are the rule, not the exception. And that's why I'm asking you to share your stories, because, I, you know, one of the main things I want people to know is that uh, this isn't all your fault. Uh, and and th there's no there's no shame. And, and I, t now tell me, you guys, did you feel shame when you couldn't when you, know, when you were having debt issues? Yeah, I mean, I did a little bit. Um, I also felt a lot of anger. Uh, because for me, part of it was like, hey, I'm doing everything I was told to do since I was young. I've uh, I've gotten married. Well, I mean, at the time I got married, I was old at 22 for my demographic and where I lived. But <laughs> I mean, but like, but I was I was just like, I, I was also angry because I was like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to school. I got married like I was supposed to do. I, I'm, I'm starting a family like I'm supposed to do. Um, and so I was so it was like this going back between shame and anger because it was like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So why aren't uh, why aren't the blessings raining down upon me? And why do I have this debt? Let me ask. Let me ask. ask you both have kids. Uh, Aaron, your son is what, 22 or 23? Oh, no, he's like uh, 26 now. Is he really? And uh, Miranda, yours is 17, right? Oh, m mine, is, mine is 19. Gosh, I've known you guys longer than I thought. Okay, so <laughs> let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you this. What advice, and I, maybe you've already done this, but if, if you hadn't, what advice would you give your kids when they're, you know, let's say leaving high school and going to college to avoid the fate that you guys both had to, had to live through? What, what what specifically would you tell your kid? That's a tough one because my kid kind of lived through that whole 2008 thing, so he's already on a better track than I am. There's nothing for me to tell him. What did say, you tell your kid, Miranda? Or did you? Did you, did you give advice specific to this? So actually, yeah. So we actually talked about it because he just got his first credit card um, a few months ago. Uh, because uh, he, you know, he's he's a student now um, in college, and so you know, we sent in like you know, some stuff. We got him a student credit card. Um, and this is a student credit card that re rewards him for like paying off his balance and also like rewards him for making on-time payments. So he gets extra rewards for behaving somewhat responsibly. Uh, but we did, we talked about it, you know, I was like, Hey, let's talk about, you know, if we're going to get a credit card, you have to remember that this is money that has to be paid back. You have to make regular payments. Um, <clears throat> Let's, you know, and, and I sat there, I'm like, okay, as soon as, as soon as he got the credit card, I'm like, all right, it's time to get the app on your phone. It's time to like track this stuff. Um, and then he's been using Mint. He's been signed up for Mint uh -huh. since he was like 15 and had that connected to his account. Uh, we have a joint account together. He's had a debit card since he was um, 15. Uh, in, in our state, if you are on a joint account with your parent, you can get a debit card at 14. And so wow. he's, yeah, so he's had a debit card since he was 15. And, um, and it's, uh, you know, it's a, one of those that you can't, um, <clears throat> like, they'll deny anything that you don't have enough for. There's no overdraft protection on it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. After he turned 18, we did go in, we got him his own separate account and, um, and he uses that as well. And it's his own separate account. That's where he pays his bills from. Um, he works for me. And so the, our joint account is where I kind of transfer the money from my business account to pay him his, uh, agreed upon, you know, wages for the work he does for me. And so, 
so that's just kind of become his default like business account and and so we would talk about like okay this is how we flow the money through this is like how it works and part of it just comes because like we started him on learning about money when he was like two or three when he used to be able to earn coupons for you to, to to spend on tv time later and it was minutes of tv time so he could save so if he wanted to watch a whole movie he had to save up his coupons That's a unique idea yeah he I had like to save idea. so he learned how, from an early age if he wanted something bigger or wanted something more he would have to save up for it and so he actually he and he has a thing he's you know he's been doing that and i've had him investing since he was 12 so yeah, that's a lot. Cool. I said a lot of words. So he will he will avoid your fate. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, you never know. He, you but know, I hope so. you know the reason I think that I've never had any debt issues. Well, I mean, I got I started making money right out of college, and I was I mean, I was when I was ten years old, I was cutting grass, you know, for money and all that stuff. I was obsessed with money, probably to an unhealthy extent. But anyway, but both my parents grew up in the depression. I'm a different generation than you guys. So my parents were dirt poor when they were growing up. My dad had to leave home at sixteen so that his, the rest of his family could eat. Um, and so it's point being the way my parents brought me up was you don't ever borrow money unless you absolutely have to, and you save everything. My parents wouldn't even invest in the stock market. I mean, it was all T bills, you know, they were very, very conservative people and that's the way I was brought up. So I never was really a debt person. And, and I was told you borrow money when you absolutely have to, and that's it. And, and I think that's a good attitude. And, and you know, well, actually we, we're going to cut to a break. We have to go to our, to our sponsor, but when we come back, let's talk about some specific, specific ways. I don't mean to wax too much into personal experiences. Let, let's, let's give some advice, specific advice on how you can reduce your debt this year, maybe pay it all off. We're going to be right back after this. Okay. Welcome back. Now let, let's get down to brass tacks here, guys. Uh, you, you've already lived through this and I've written books about it. Um, and when, gosh, we have, we must have 60 articles on Money Talks News about how to pay off debts. Uh, there was one that I was looking at today called uh, How to Pay Off 10000 in Debt Without Breaking a Sweat. Now, I like that one because it rhymed. But anyway, let's, let's talk about specific things. Okay, Miranda, step one, I want to pay off $10,000 of debt this year. What's my first step? Um, yeah, so I think uh, knowing how much you have to pay is really good. So you've got that $10,000. So knowing how much you want to pay off and then dividing it into chunks that are doable. So you know how much you want to pay off. You want to do it this year. You've got 11 months left. So 10000 divided by 11. That's, <laughs> don't oh don't my gosh, me. that's $909 a month. So that's going to feel like that's going to feel a little bit tough, I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. But, but, but well, it depends on how much money I make. But it, it, nonetheless, but you're, you're, the point is step one, figure out what it is you owe right? and what right. your interest rates are and how much your minimum monthly payments are, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in other words, instead of putting it at the back of your mind, put it at the front of your mind, stare at it, see where you're at. Agree? Yes. Okay. Now, I, in, uh, in life or debt, uh, and, and in many other things, I didn't invent this concept. In fact, I got it from Consumer Credit Counseling Service. I was on the board of Consumer Credit Counseling Service, two of them, actually. Um, and the debt snowball or, or pyramiding, are you, are you familiar with that concept? I'm sure you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's explain how that works. It's, it's kind of hard to explain, although it's really, really simple. Um, I'll, I'll start and then you tell me if you can say it more succinctly, Miranda or, or Aaron, but okay. Let's say you've got five debts. What you're going to do is you're going to make the minimum payment on four of those debts. And then you're going to pay as much as you possibly can on the fifth debt. Uh, and then when that debt is paid off, 
you're going to use that old monthly payment on the next debt in line. Once that debt's paid off, you're going to put both those old monthly payments plus anything extra you can come up with to pay off the third debt. So you go like that through the whole thing. So this is this is why it's called snowballing, because you're using your old monthly payments. Remember, this is money that you're used to doing without because you were using it to make debt payments. So you're going to use all these old monthly payments, snowball them, and then and then you're going to take out your debts one at a time even faster. Yeah, because one of the old theories was is that, hey, you got to pay the highest interest one off first, which that could be complicated because that could be your mortgage. You're not going to do that if you got a credit card up there and it's got like 20%, you know, interest on it, pay that one off first, but that's not necessarily true. Like what they're saying is like, if you got one, if you, if you have a $900 bill, you got to pay out every month, then, uh, pay the smallest one first. If it's, if you got like a, I don't know, a $700, uh, a store card that you need to get paid off, whack it off because then you could take that to your next next bill. Well, right? I'm glad you brought that up because this is a, this is a controversial topic. Well, okay, w once you decide, that step one was figuring out who you owe, or how much you owe, and to whom. Uh, step two is ranking your debts for payoff. Okay, so what you just mentioned, Darren, is that there's two different things we can do here. There is we can pay off the debt with the highest interest rate first, or we can pay off our smaller debt first because remember, then I'm going to have that that payment, and I'm going to be able to use it to sm snowball into my next payment. So Miranda, you, you write a lot about this stuff. Which one do you advocate, if, if either? I advocate for doing what works best for you. So for some people, uh, they're super numbers oriented. They like they like the idea of being able to like maximize their payments, maximize well, maximize how much they how fast they do it and how little they pay in overall interest. So that the debt avalanche method where you start with your highest first and you start with your highest interest rate first and then it just like becomes bigger toward the end that works well for those folks now for people who are just like no i want that quick win no i need to know i need to feel like i'm feeling progress i need to be able to celebrate those milestones faster then the debt snowball is great and there's even there are even other little things that you can add to it. Uh, there's one called debt snowflaking, where whenever you have a small amount of extra money, whether that's five dollars or twenty dollars or a hundred dollars, you just make an immediate payment right then. And so, so then that kind of accelerates whatever process you're doing. That accelerates it because you're doing it immediately. And for people who are like, okay, I'm not going to remember to make my payment once a month or my extra payment this other time. Um, I'm not comfortable setting up the auto pay for for people who are like, okay, I want to do it in the moment. That works well too. So I, I really think it kind of depends. And then finally, there's something interestingly enough called the debt siege, and that's actually about um, not killing yourself over trying to like say I'm going to pay $10,000 off in one year it's looking at things and going okay I'm going to make progress and so maybe it takes me three years and so it's going to be a slower pace but I'm going to be making progress as we go and if I get a little extra I can snowflake that but the whole idea behind it is to be able to say okay um is, is the, the idea behind it is to say what works for you, what works for you psychologically, what works for you financially, what is the method that you're going to be able to stick with and finish? Because if you try to do something that doesn't work for you, or if you try to do something that you're going to become uh, frustrated with too quickly, you're going to quit and then it's just not going to happen. 
It's, that's really really well said, perfectly said, I think. And, and, and you can you can obviously prove by, with math that paying off the high interest rate debt is the smartest thing to do. But it doesn't do you any good if you don't stick with the program. And if getting these little victories by paying off these smaller debt first uh, keeps you motivated, then that's what you should do. And, and the difference in interest that you're going to be paying is not going to be that much. Well, obviously, depending on how big your debts are, but, but it's not going to be that much. Whatever keeps you motivated is the way you want to go. Now, you mentioned something, and I want to go back to it. Okay, we we've um, we've decided we, we've seen we've examined the debts we have. Then we have decided which debt we're going to pay off first. We're going to rank our debts for payoff. Now the third, the, remember what I said that when we we're talking about debt snowballing, is we're going to we're going to pay the minimum on all of our debts except our, except the debt we want to pay off first, and then we're going to put all the money we have toward that debt. Now, when, some people might say, "What do you mean all the money we have?" How am I supposed to get extra money to put toward that debt? And and that's where the spending plan comes in. You've got to find that extra money. You were just talking about snowflaking where, you know, wherever you find a little extra money to put in. But you should try. I mean, I'm not going to encourage you or not going to like say you must have a budget, but you really need to see where your money is going. And you've got to decide what's important. Uh, in, in life or debt, I used an, a sample family, a Sam and Sally sample for their names, uh, and I, and I said, um, you know, what they had, what they put together a list of where all their, all their money was going. And when you do that, you're going to find that there are some things on your list that maybe don't matter to you as much as you thought they did. Like maybe you know, going out, uh, maybe instead of going out to eat, you go out to eat, but you just split an entree and have an appetizer at home. Or or maybe you know, maybe you used to go bowling, but you don't really like bowling that much anymore. You don't even know why you're doing it. I mean, there are things you're going to see when you start examining your expenses that you can probably live without, or at least that are not as important as living a debt-free life. And then you can, and, and that's where you're going to find your extra money. What I, what I suggested in this in life or debt was to get 10% of your monthly income and apply that towards your your debts. And you're going to roll that. You're going to you pay off your first debt. And you're going to use that money, which is I call a debt destroyer. And you're going to add to that money your old your old debt payment and put it on your next debt in line. Blah blah blah. On down the line. Um, is, is that is that something that you would also advocate, Miranda or Aaron? And like to, to where you find the extra money to pay off your debt is a question. Yeah, and when you find that extra money, also maybe don't think of that. You're oh my god, I got to sacrifice all these things. Just uh, also it may be just you're putting it off for a little bit. So. Maybe you got subscriptions out there that are eating away at, at things like maybe you can just give up Netflix for, I don't know, three or four months or whatever, and you get those extra 20 bucks back and you're putting that towards your debt. But always remember that once this debt is paid off and you're clean, clear and free, um, you can buy that subscription again, you know, if you really miss it. That's a good way of putting it. That's a good thought. And, and yeah, what, what yeah. I said, uh, what I would like to say, too, is that, you know, people think about a budget as going as like a diet. Which, which by definition is deprivation. Because you know what? Cottage cheese does not taste like steak, period. It just doesn't. And so that makes it really hard to stay on a diet. But with a budget, you can find things that will substitute for the things you're giving up that will not destroy your quality of life. Like I said, ha- splitting an entree, you know, instead of having two entrees. I mean, there are little things that you can do. Or, or like Aaron said, you can, okay, how about, you know, instead of downloading books from Amazon, you can download them from your library for free. Right at your desk. I mean, you know, you can do that. So there, there are little things you can do that will save you money that won't sacrifice your quality of life, and and that's the key. Because if you get yourself on a dollar diet, you're going to find yourself falling off of it. What do you think, Miranda? 
Yeah, I think that that's that's what's important, right? Is is figuring out a plan that works for you and coming up with ideas that are going to help you make that progress. Uh, and I think part of it too is not getting so like you were talking about the diet, right? Like uh, we get into this crash diet mode where you're just like, okay, and you're like for maybe for maybe three weeks, three to six weeks, you're just like exercise every day, eat super healthy, but then you can't. That's not sustainable. And part of the problem with doing that with debt pay down is it's like, you're like, okay, I'm going to put like X amount. I'm going to pay off this entire $4,000 credit card right now. I'm going to empty my emergency fund. I'm going to do all this stuff. Well, what happens when you have a car problem or what happens when you need, you know, a fridge repair or you need to come up with a deposit for, because you're, you have to move because, you know, your landlord is making you move. Like there's all of this stuff that can come up. And so the other thing you want to make sure you're not doing when you're paying down debt is um is depleting all of your other resource areas because if you deplete all those other resource areas the only other the only thing you have left is credit cards when it's time to turn back to debt good good point also and you know another thing you could do too um this this goes for also if you if one of your goals is saving more this year you can get a side hustle there's a million things you could do now gosh you know when i started in tv news 30 years ago when i started doing personal finance news the, you, you know how you make make extra money You'd get a part-time job at Target. I mean, that was it. And now there's like 10 million ways that you can make extra money with the internet, you know? And so th that's not, you can actually also walk into your boss's office and see if you can get a raise <laughs> and put that money towards your debt, you know? Uh, you, you can take your tax refund and put that money towards your debt. So there are things you can do. But the, the main thing is, and I think what you just pointed out too, Miranda, is really important, that not only can things happen that are going to derail your plan, they're going to happen. Absolutely positively they're going to. Something's going to happen that's going to take you off of your plan. You have to know that up front and be ready to get back on that plan when, once you solve that problem, whatever it is. So the, these are all things I think are really important to accomplishing any goal, by the way, not just this one. Any other? We, we're almost out of time. We gotta, we're going to do a question real quick, too. But do you have anything else, Miranda? Because you've written about this a lot. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> I think You're that's, good? Did, did we cover good. all the bases? Aaron? Any other advice or motivation you'd offer? Um, well, for for those out there that, uh, you know, are like uh, shoppers like me, and, and that's how you got into debt, <laughs> I still do this to this day. I even went, the other day, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be really nice to buy, you know, a Ford Lightning electric vehicle. And I go on and I go and I build my own truck. And I'm like, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> oh, can I get it cheaper? Oh, what can I get without? Oh, no, I want the tow package. I want all this stuff. I'm never going to buy this truck. I'm not going to waste 60 grand. A car's never built. But for some reason, I still have this this crave to to go shopping that in things that i shouldn't buy and so it's just, that's how i uh so what you know, do you do about it, it. I, i've i've trained my brain to just enjoy the whole process of it but never actually pull the trigger oh, on that's anything. cool yeah that makes sense and a little scary but that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> oh you know i do want to say one more thing too before we answer the question and that is um if you are in trouble with debt now this is a whole different thing I told you I was on the board of Consumer Credit Counseling Service. And these, this is a nonprofit organization that helps people uh, conquer their debt. But if you can't destroy your debt because your debt's destroying you, in other words, if you don't have enough money to make your minimum monthly payments, get help. There's help out there. It's free. Consumer Credit Counseling Service is one place. You can go to Money Talks News uh, and look at our website. We have a solution center, and we'll, help, we'll hook you up with a, with, a, with a reputable agency that will charge you not a thing to talk to you. And if you do need it to own a debt repayment plan, it'll be inexpensive. 
and it's good to work with nonprofits. And, and, and especially you, if you get free advice, do not lie there at night staring at the ceiling. If you need help, get help. Do not. There is no shame. There is no embarrassment. This is a very common problem. Don't lie there. Get help. Okay, so with that, um, that I'm done with this topic. Miranda, you got a question for me? I do have a question for you. This one comes from Susan. Susan says, I've been renting the condo I currently reside in for the past eight or nine years. My landlady has offered it to me to buy and I have accepted. I want to eventually give it to my daughter. Should I have her take out the mortgage and put both of us on the title or vice versa? I will need to decide soon. Please advise. Thank you. No. <laughs> Good job. I love That's Aaron true. is just like emphatic yeah. about this. Well, no, okay. I was going to answer that, Aaron, but I'm, I'm in. I'm in intrigued why did you say no so fast um if she's gonna buy it first she needs to put it under her name and keep it on her name as long as she's living in it um you have no idea you know what's gonna happen with family or or children or anything like that you can't predict that stuff and if you're willing if you're gonna give it to her later in life then put it in the will and work that out later you don't need to do it right now well said absolutely right the 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 short answer to this question is no you don't put your kids on your on your title uh, or on your mortgage or uh, or any you know the bottom line is this what Aaron just said if, if your daughter somehow gets into some financial trouble now she owns half your house as soon as you put her name on the title so if she gets into some financial trouble she gets married she gets divorced blah 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 yeah. bad idea that she owns half your home also another thing you might not uh, might not occur to you is that when when you die and you leave an, an asset to somebody else let's say that i die and i leave my home to aaron well my home i my only paid three hundred thousand dollars for my house now it's worth a million dollars well you get a step up in basis so when aaron inherits my house he gets it for he gets it at a million dollar valuation he sells it for a million dollars the next day he pays no tax once you're on once aaron was on my house now he owns half of it that step up in basis is gone for half mm, yeah. so there, there are several reasons why you don't want to do that uh, bottom line, Susan, do not put your, your kid on your mortgage, or at least at the very minimum, talk to a lawyer about it. Because, I mean, everyone's situation is different, but generally speaking, bad idea. I hope that answers your question. Yay, I answered a question. It's awesome. I never answer questions. I know. Yeah, I, was, I was shocked. <laughs> I, I thought that was my own voice in my head. <laughs> okay, guys, we are out of time today. But you know what? We are never out of any topic. You can dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, or to pay off that darn debt, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. If you got a question, comment, or topic that you'd like to suggest, we'd love to hear from you. Just email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing, if you appreciate what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to this podcast. Takes you two seconds, but it really helps us. So if you like us, show us. And subscribe and tell your friends too. I'm Stacy Johnson. And I'm Miranda Marquette. And I'm debt free and heavy. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We're going to see you right here next time. <laughs>